Hello and welcome to Connect Points podcast and sermon archives. If you'd like to learn more about our church, please go online to our website at connectpointupc.com or follow us on our Facebook page. Thank you very much and I hope you enjoy this week's message. God bless. I'll give you a few more seconds here to get get that QR code scanned. I will say if you are watching online, there should be a link that is being put into the comment section as well to get access to these notes. Uh, you, will, you will definitely want to follow along through this. All right. So the objective tonight is pretty simple. We've spent the first two weeks talking about the spiritual application in regards to the disconnect, talking about our social media usage, our media consumption, and things like that. And tonight, it's all about practical application. Everyone say practical all right, so we're going to demonstrate some apps. We're going to do some strategies to help overcome temptation, time wasting, watching over your children, your teenagers, and all that. All right, and so we're going to go ahead and start. I think it's always good to get a quick recap from last week in regards to some of the things we talked about. There is a good to social media. Everyone say good. The good to social media we, talk, we talked about in the first two weeks is the connection, education, innovation, and reach. And of course, there's a lot more good things about social media and media as well. As you, you can learn a lot of different things through it. But those are the four main things that we've kind of covered throughout this entire series. Um, and so, but with every good side, there's a negative. And so let's talk about a little bit of the things we've talked about the last few weeks about social media, media, and technology. And so the first thing is anonymity. You are not anonymous online. This is my last chance to say it in this series. Again, what you do online is absolutely tracked. It's absolutely captured for uh, whoever wants to find that data about you. So you are not anonymous online. Uh, We talked about digital exhaust. Everything you do uh, leaves a trace back to you. Every site you browse, every time you log into Facebook, every picture you click on Instagram, every Snapchat that you send and receive, every TikTok video you view, every word that you search on Google, and the list goes on and on and on. You leave traces going, going back to the user. So that's digital exhaust. And so the next thing we talked about was greater access. Everyone say greater access. We talked about how it has never been easier than now to access any and all content, whether you want good content or bad content. And again, one thing we hit home last week was simply greater access does not mean it's better. Rather, in my opinion, it's far worse for you. Having greater access is far worse. You keep on going about the greater access where we talk about some of the things. Uh, The increase of pornographic content has increased considerably over the last decade. Sexting has become rampant within teenagers and young adults. And reminder, everyone say reminder. Anything you post on social media or through texting is no longer your own property. Whatever you send, whatever you post, whatever you do, even though you may have sent it, it is no longer your property. Those things can be sent and uh, captured and doing all those crazy things. And so those things right there are so important for you to realize that everything you do can absolutely be caught by something. So keep on uh, going to the next slide here, a glaring problem. The percent of teens who have sent or posted sexually suggestive photos or videos of themselves. We talked about this the very first week. 20% of teenagers overall, that means 2 out of 10 teenagers overall. 22% of teen girls and 18% of teen boys. 11% of young teen girls between the ages of 13 and 16 years old have sent or posted sexually suggestive photos or videos of themselves. 
That is a glaring problem. You keep on going about more statistics. 71% of teen girls and 67% of teen boys who have sent or posted sexually suggestive photo or video of themselves have shared it with their boyfriend or girlfriend. 71% of teen girls and 67% of teen boys. You cannot say it's an innocent relationship as a teenager. As a parent, you cannot assume it's an innocent relationship as a teenager. 15% of teens who have sent or posted have sent it to people they have only met online, which is such a, that's an incredible big problem. They are sending photos of themselves to strangers who, who they have no idea of their true identity. The Bible says in James 1:13 through 15, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. That's scripture right there. And technology is, is, has made it even easier to cause sin in your own life. Technology, media, and social media, have, has, it's never been easier to sin when you are looking at your own phone. We talked about some things, well, some applications that contribute to sexting or private messaging or inappropriate content being shared. Snapchat was one of the apps we talked about. WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, iMessages can literally send private messages. And, you know, I spent some time talking with some other platforms, but basically any online messaging platform, for some reason, developers thought it would be a good idea to put a hidden message thing inside of there. Still don't understand why they would do that, but here we are. All of these platforms can send messages that are hidden and will delete or hide the message that was sent. And if you are a parent of a student, a child, teenager, they are, they are obviously, they grow up with this technology. And so I would encourage you to make sure you are look, reviewing your child's phone, tablet, computer access, and all that. We're going to be spending a lot of time about that. We also talked about privacy. Everyone say privacy. When you are using social media, there is no privacy. If you have a private page, if you have something where you're saying, I only have my friends on there, well, guess what? Anyone can still see it through a few loopholes. And so there are ways to make your social media pages private, limited access to certain people, but there is never, everyone say never, there is never a way to 100% guarantee your information will not get leaked. And we're almost done with the recap here. Next thing is connection. We talked about how one of the greatest purposes of social media is connection and how one of the greatest blessings of social media is that you can stay connected to people from your past. And we also discussed on how one of the greatest curses of social media is that you can, you can stay connected to people from your past. And we discussed on how your newsfeed should be littered and just full of scriptures and people who are posting uplifting content, not people who are out partying on the weekends. And even though they're part of your past, and you're still trying to reach them. It's, it's important for us to realize what we see affects how we operate our life. What we see on a day-to-day -day basis will absolutely affect how we operate in a day-to-day -day basis. And the last thing we, we talked about briefly was social media and time. And so that is where we're going to be catching up from last week is talking about social media and time. But the TJ is going to throw up a slide behind me in regards to some of the statistics we talked about. The first thing was that there are 4.55 billion total number of active social media users in, as of October 2021. 4.55 billion users. Social media users as a percentage of the global population is 57.6%. And then average amount of time per day spent using social media was two hours and 27 minutes a day using social media. 
And I would be curious if that statistic actually includes media consumption as well through YouTube and Netflix and all those things. I would venture to say that does not include that. That is strictly relegated to social media, two hours and 27 minutes. And so average number of platforms used each month per internet user was 6.7 different platforms. So basically seven platforms people are using on a regular basis. And so that's just an incredible thing when it comes down to it. Uh, Social media was meant to waste time. Social media was meant to literally capture your, your, your entertainment, to literally make you to spend 30 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, just scrolling through Facebook, scrolling through Instagram. In fact, there's actually been a report that's been taken uh, out in regards to TikTok, which we've talked about as one of the most popular social media platforms right now. Uh, the, Chi- the Chinese officials, Chinese someone made this app, and legitimately they designed it to waste time and to make your mind just numb. You, there's legitimate studies showing that they designed this app, and so instead of just watching one 15-second clip, you're watching 150 15-second clips, and you're just going through it and going and going and going. And here's one of the biggest things they understand, and, uh, and this, this is a legitimate report. I, actually, I'll post it on Facebook later tonight, but one of the reports state that they created this app to dumb down the students, the young people of America. Their greatest competition is not themselves, it's the Americans. And say they they created this app, released it to America to legitimately dumb down this next generation. That's a very true statement. And so uh, we're going to go, we'll be talking more about that tonight, but in regards to time. So let's talk about the fact that we all can waste so much time on social media. You know, I could share so many stories, and I shared them last week, but next thing you know, you go through one video on YouTube, or you go one video through your Facebook account, and then you're watching a squirrel jump off a cliff, and you're like, wow, that's amazing. Then you're watching a guy take a bicycle down a dirt road. This is like, their whole point is to capture your time, and so if we're not careful, we will waste our time, and time is not just a given Time is God-given to us. It's an opportunity. It's a gift from God is our time. And so how we, how we prioritize our time matters to God. How we prioritize our time does matter to our family, to our spouse, to our children, how we do it. And I can assure you there is little to no value on social media that's worth your time. I can assure you that. And now if you're watching YouTube videos to fix something at your home or fix something in your car, praise God, that's awesome. But I would just encourage you to realize that most of your time being spent on social media is a wasted thing. You're not learning a whole lot about it. And so one thing I talked about last week is in regards to how much time an average individual will spend on social media in their lifetime. The very next slide shows six years and eight months is the average individual social media consumption in a lifetime. Six years and eight months. My daughter is eight years old right now. My second one is six years old. Her entire life, that's an average lifespan of how much time you spend scrolling through social media. That's an incredible statistic. Two hours and 41 minutes, we talked about that. Four and a half hours per day is the average social media consumption. Four and a half hours a day. These numbers absolutely blow my mind. When I think about six years and seven months, six years and eight months of my life spent scrolling social media, I can assure you one more time, it is not worth six years of your life. And that's just an average consumption. And now if you would, do, if you would look at reports in regards to the age demographic, this, the, the, the people younger than I, they have a more likelihood of watching and consuming more social media. And so that number would actually increase past seven years of their life. Seven years of, the, of their life. And so that's an incredible thing. And so, you know, maybe we do have the time. Maybe we do have the time to pray. 
Maybe we do have the time to read our Bible. Maybe we have the time to spend with our family to improve our marriage. We do have the time, but it's how we prioritize it is what matters. And so pull out your phones with me. If you have, if you have an iPhone specifically, I'm going to walk you through a few things right now. And so you can keep that slide up there, Brother TJ. Um, but if you have an iPhone, you can pull your phone out right now. We're going to do an exercise together. It's a good thing. So pull out your iPhones. Don't be shy. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. They are, they are scared. You can pull out your phone. It's going to be okay. Pastor won't yell at you. Hold up your iPhone if you have your iPhone out. All right. Come on. Don't be shy. All right. I will encourage you to pull out your iPhone if you have one. But uh, So go to the settings tab of your iPhone. We're... Yeah, you do not have to share this with your neighbor, okay? This is just for you to see, I promise you. This is not a competition, okay? Go to your settings, click on screen time, or you can just search screen time or put the word screen into your search bar for your iPhone. And then click on see all activity. Again, you go to settings, screen time, and then see all activity. All right, and so once you're there, this report's gonna show you your total screen time. What limits you have, if there are any limits that are set up on your phone, the most used apps and time used on each app, the pickups. Now this one's actually, if you keep, if you keep on scrolling through your cell phone, if you keep going through this report right here, you'll realize that it tells, it tells you how many times you pick up your phone on a daily basis, a weekly basis. And so that comes back to habits. You're in a spot where you're always like, okay, you know what? I can pull my phone out here. It's my nine o'clock break at work. It's my lunch break, whatever it might be. And so we realize that we can pick up our phone. It's just a habit. Those things are meant to be broken. And so it also talks about how the notifications and how your daily average of notifications come through. Now, for some of you, that might be a shocking number. When you actually look at your social media, or when you actually look at your phone usage, your total screen time, and so when you're going through your total screen time, it may be like, okay, I need to re reprioritize some things in my life. Some of you may be above the two hours and 41 minutes. Some of you may be above three hours. You may be over four hours. And so let me just encourage you. Obviously, this is not a competition. We're not showing our neighbor. But let's be clear. When you're looking at these statistics, when you're looking at these things, it's important for you to realize that that is time that you are wasting every single day. It is time you are wasting every single day. And so I would encourage you to say that you probably do have the time to do some of these important things. When you're looking at your cell phone, you see the screen time usage on a day-to-day -day basis. You're saying, you know what? Maybe I can cut a few things out of my life, a few things out of my social media usage, and a few things out of my phone time. And so we talked about being practical. And so uh, this, this, this first portion is going to be to all of our iPhone users. And so uh, if you are an Android, there are things you can do on an Android to actually put limits on your time and all that fun stuff. I can help you with that after church, um, but I don't have the availability tonight just to walk through it here. So if you still have your iPhone out, go back to settings. Go back to settings and click screen time. We're going to go right back into screen time. And right below the main graph, when you're in the screen time, you will see app limits. And if you, don't have, if you can't see that on, up there, you'll have it hopefully on your phone for you to follow along. But you'll go ahead and you'll click on app limits. 
I'm guessing that noise is just some heating duct run that's blowing some air, so we're all going to be fine here, I promise you. So you go to app limits, and you click add limit, and that's where you can limit the amount of time spent on apps. And so one thing I would encourage you to do, and it's going to break down, if you, click on, if you click on the very last tab where it says choose apps, it has social, games, entertainment, creativity, productivity, and finance. It keeps going on and on and on. All these are different categories that you can limit your time with. And I would encourage you, even if you think that, you know what, I don't spend that much time on my phone, obviously your graph will tell you otherwise, possibly, but what I would encourage you to do is don't trust yourself. Everyone say, don't trust myself. Put a time limit on social media. Something that will pop up and it says, your time is out on Facebook, your time is out on Instagram, your time is out on YouTube. Don't leave it into your own mind and say, I can control 30 minutes, I can control 15, I can control it. Just let your phone tell you to stop. It makes it easier. And so I would encourage you, uh, we won't go through all those things tonight, but when you go through that, you click on social, it will pop up every social media app that's on your phone, and you can put limitations on every one of those apps for how much time you should spend on them. And now one of the things that I will say is when this app pops up, it will say that you are out of time on Facebook. It does give you an option to skip right past it. It requires some discipline on your, on your behalf. And so what I would say is when that app tells you you've been out of time for Facebook, just close the app out. You spent too much time on Facebook that day. So uh, so I would encourage you to spend time tonight or tomorrow going through all of these settings and setting healthy. Everyone say healthy. Setting healthy boundaries with social media and your media consumption. I do know with Android, there's an there's a app on your phone that's, talk about, uh, that's digital well-being. It's a very similar setup where you can do the same time limits for social media and all these things. So I would encourage you to spend time and just do this, and it'll help you with your time that you waste on social media. Set up these healthy boundaries for you to do this. And so we discussed last week about the rampant viewing of pornography among Americans, male and female. One of the reasons we struggle with this so much is simply because it's so accessible, the greater access and all that. You know, the quote that I've said at least once every single night in this series is that the reason mankind falls so many times is because we fail to set up any accountability measures with our spouse or a trusted friend. That is why we fail so many times is because we are trusting ourselves over our spouse or a friend that's really there to actually care for us. We try to trust it ourselves and we can handle that. And so let's, let's talk for a moment about our own usage. I do believe, and this, this, I can be an anomaly here today, but I do believe your spouse should have access to your phone at all times. I do believe your spouse should have access to your emails, your photos, your Instagram account, all these things. They should have it available at any time they ask for it. I think that's healthy. I think that's very healthy. I also think it's healthy for your children to know that you know everything that's going on in their device. I think that's very healthy to set a boundary with your children and say, you can have access to the internet, but it's very limited, and I'll know everything you've done with it, because I believe that's a healthy way to lead our children closer to God. I firmly believe that. 
And so one of, the, one of the quotes we read on the very next slide says, the truth is nobody knows exactly how old most kids are when they're first exposed to porn. Some sources say it's 11 years old, while others say kids as young as eight years old are encountering porn. But no matter how young, these incidents are isolated cases, and it's not like early porn exposure only happens to a small slice of people. In fact, in the, in the United States, it happens to almost everybody before they leave their teens. An estimated 90% of young men under the age of 18 have seen porn, along with 60% of young women of the same age. These are just estimates. They're gonna be very close to the true numbers. And what I would say, and I don't say this lightly, I have had students in the past 13 years of my ministry talk to me about these things. Just put limits and boundaries on your children's phones. I can assure you my heartbeat's not to harm them. My heartbeat is to protect them. There's enough evil in this world besides our cell phones. There's, there's enough evil at their school that they can handle all these things. But let me just tell you right now, I know your, your child is perfect. Mine's not. Just put boundaries on it. And that is the best way you can lead your, ch your children to God, to, to lead them closer to God, is by putting boundaries on these things. And so the question's got to be, what can we do about this? What can we do about this, this absolute thing where 90% of young men, 9 out of 10 young men have seen pornography before they leave 18 years old? What can we do about these things? And it's simply preventative measures. Not waiting until they get a hold of something or they get a device or they're at a friend's house, whatever it might be. Let me just say, it's all about preventative measures for yourself and for your children. Those are the absolute keys. And so here's where we're going into the very practical things. We talked a little bit about screen time. And again, I'll, I'll just reiterate that I would really spend time on your phone tonight or tomorrow setting some limits for you on your, on your social media usage. But let's talk about some free filtering options. And this is where we can absolutely get a lot of use out of our, our, our cell phones. Now, everything I'm showing you, again, is relegated to iPhones, iPads, uh, your MacBook, all these things that are Apple-related. So again, if you have an Android phone, you, I, I'm sure there's very similar things. Actually, I know there's similar things to what we're doing on, on the Apple platform. But the first thing is there are free filtering options on an iPhone. Okay, so again, when you're going into the restrictions portion or when, when you're in your screen time portion, you'll see most of your stuff that we're going to be working on tonight is under the screen time app. And so when you're on screen time, you see where it says content and privacy restrictions. You go ahead and click that. It will take you to another page where it lists probably, I don't know, 30 to 50 options for like location tracking, uh, calendars, all these photos, all these things. But the thing that you're really going to want to pay attention to, if you're trying to find a free filter to help, help, your, help yourself, to help your child, your teenager, to actually you know, really limit these things, you're going to click on content restrictions. Once you click on content restrictions... You'll see that it has music, podcasts, news and workouts, music videos, profiles, movies, all these things. It has all these different settings. And so what you can do as a parent, depending on the age of your, uh, of your, of your student or your child there, you can limit certain things. You can put a harsher restriction on certain things. You say, I want, I want them to limit their time on social media. You can do that right there through this app. As a parent, you can have control, complete access over your child's iPod, iPhone, whatever it is. You, you can have complete access for it. And so this, this first filter that I'll show you guys is very simple. It will absolutely block inappropriate content from getting to your child's phone. It will, it will absolutely block inappropriate content getting to your phone when you're browsing Safari or whatever you might be on. 
And so I would encourage you to make sure your content restrictions are set up appropriately so you can see how web content, it says limit adult websites. That is the harshest restriction you can put onto your iPhone in regards to what you can view on your Safari. Now again, we talked about this one of the weeks in regards to Facebook and Instagram. There is pornographic content on all those social media platforms and this filter right here will not stop that. This right here, if, you, if, you, if your child or you have access to a social media website, this right here will not stop an image from popping up on your, on, your, on your phone or your child's phone. There's things we can deal with that. And so that's the very first thing. The second thing I'll say, I don't have a slide for this, but if you go through all these different settings, you can put passcodes on there so your child can't unlock an app, or you can put restrictions on what they download from the app store. You can completely just kid-proof this or teenage-proof this uh, iPhone or iPad thing for your, for your child. So you can make it so they can't download TikTok or they can't download the full access to YouTube. And I'll just quickly say there's a lot of inappropriate content on YouTube. I would never give my kid access to YouTube by itself. There is a program called YouTube Kids. There is pornographic content on YouTube Kids. There is nothing that is absolutely safe. And so I'm just going to encourage every parent. I know this is very practical, but let me be very clear. There is not an app. There is not a media thing that is safe for your child just to have in their room by themselves. There is not a thing where you say, you know what? I trust you enough to go do this. I wouldn't. Okay, because you can access anything you want. And there's been many reports about the things that pop up on YouTube kids. Just don't do it. Just monitor what your children are watching. And so uh, so those are some of the free filtering options. There are things I can talk about. So I would say if you have any questions, if you're a parent here or an adult who wants to put these things on your phone, just talk with me after service. I can help you with that. But moving into this, the, what, I would call, what I would consider cheaper filtering options. Okay, these are things that will absolutely cost you some money up front. The first thing I would suggest to all parents who have internet at their home is to purchase a smart Wi-Fi router. The reason is very simple. So there's a few called Google Home, which, I, which is what I use in my house, uh, Netgear with Disney Circle on it, and Eero Wireless. There's a few other smart uh, routers that I would tell you to probably buy. These probably cost between $100 to $150 or so for your home. But what, one of the things about these, uh, about these routers is you can control almost everything through this router. And so what you can do is you can, you can have an app on your phone called Google Home, and you can limit screen time for your child. You can limit internet time for your child. You don't have to just say, oh, you know what, I'll give you 30 minutes and hope the internet goes off. You can just set a timer that says 30 minutes and the timer goes off. The, the internet will just cut on their device. You can set up a bedtime routine where the, your, your, your phone, your device will not work between you know, 8.30 at night to whatever it is, or whatever times you pick, whatever's right for your family. These are very, this, this is a very, uh, just a cheaper way to get some internet filtering in your, into your house is using a smart router. Now there are plenty of YouTube videos about how to set up a Google Home, how to set up a Netgear with a circle, Disney Circle. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of content on how to do these things, and I would encourage you to look those things up on YouTube and check those things out. If you can't find answers, I'm sure I can help you with that. But I would encourage you, that at the very least, to have a smart Wi-Fi router in your home. I would, that's the, one, of the, one of the cheapest ways to have some internet filtering on top of what you put onto your child's phone in regards to the free things on iPhone. And so I would encourage you to do that. Um, I will say these are absolutely incredible. They do a lot of work, and there's no monthly fees. And everyone, every parent say, thank God. 
There's no monthly fees associated with this. You pay for your router, and then you're paying for your internet. These are, these are just free ways on a monthly basis to do this. And so, but let me be very clear. This is not a foolproof method. There are much better paid software available out there. So there's a lot more things out there in regards to software you can use for yourself and for your teenager, your child, uh, for that. And so... Uh, I'm going to break down a few of the most popular ones that are out there right now. Uh, the first one is Bark. It's $14 a month. So it's, you know, two fast food meals, one and a half fast food meals a month. Uh, you know, and I won't rant too much right now. But let me just say, your child, your teenager's safety on the Internet is way more important than two meals at McDonald's or Culver's or wherever you decide to go to. It's worth the investment into your children's future. It's worth it for your own life as well when you put these accountability measures up. And so uh, the, one of the first things is Bark is $14 a month, or you can pay $99 annually. Uh, and that's for unlimited devices. Now, I will say, do, I've done a lot of research in regards to these. Bark is my number one uh, app in regards to helping monitor your child on their devices. And you're going to find out why here in a little bit. Covenant Eyes is a very popular one. It's $16.99 a month, or you can pay $183.99 a year. Uh, for that one, our pact is free for one device, but and 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 there's a lot of other limitations with that. But that is free for one device. Once you get past one device, you can go up to 9.99 a month uh, for unlimited devices. And so, some of the more popular ones I've seen for the the price that you're going to be paying is Bark and Our Pact. The next one is Accountable to You is $14 a month or $144 a year. Uh, so those are some of the more popular paid software. And so what, and we're going to break down Bark for a second here, but let me just be clear. Paying for a software is always going to be your best chance of helping your child, yourself stay safe on the internet. There's only so much a free software can do. There's only so much that they're willing to even try to do. And so let me encourage you that $14 a month, you can add that into, our, into your budget. We could talk about Hulu and Netflix and YouTube TV and YouTube. We could go on all these subscriptions, right? I would encourage you to budget in $14 a month for your, ch your child's safety. I would, I, would, I would really consider that for you. And so let's talk through the first one, which is Bark. Uh, so the Bark app is very simple. What it is, you have a child companion app that you would download from the app store. You put it onto their iPhone, the Android, whatever it might be. You put a child companion app on there, which you'll have access to. And then you have the main app on your phone. And it's really simple. It's just like how we went through the iPhone restrictions. You're going to be going through the main app on your phone. You're going to be setting all the restrictions for your child. And so one of the things that Bark does is, is content monitoring. Bark monitors text, email, YouTube, and 30-plus apps and social media platforms for signs of issues like cyberbullying, sexual content, online predators, depression, suicidal, threats of violence, and a whole lot more. And so with content monitoring, you can get email and text alerts when Bark detects potential issues so you can talk to your child and make sure everything's okay. So that right there, if your child decides to hop on an inappropriate website, you will get notified directly on your phone saying, so-and-so is on this website. Check this out, right? Help your, help your child. Go talk with them about this. It may be a misunderstanding, but it's, it's a way to safeguard knowing if, you're, if, you're if your teenager knows, your child knows that everything they do is going to be monitored by their parent, it's probably going to help them, right? It's probably going to help them decide what I should watch on YouTube and what I should not watch on YouTube. And so the other thing is, is connect. So it will monitor 30 plus apps. So Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, email, TikTok, iMessage, WhatsApp, web browsing, and all these other apps. 
So legitimately, it will monitor all of these social media platforms, all of these ways that your child, your, your teenager will communicate to their friends. It monitors all these different things for you, right? And it helps you because you will get a message saying, hey, so-and-so's having a conversation with this person and they're talking about inappropriate things. It'll, it'll send you a text, a push notification doing that. And so this right here is 14 bucks a month or $99 a year. That is worth a whole lot of peace of mind for a parent in this, in, in this world of technology. You keep on talking about Bark, the, it has a detected alert, it, it runs quietly in the background and, and it search for issues that might indicate that something's wrong in your child's online world. You'll get automatic alerts via email and text when Bark's algorithms detect potential risks, so you don't have to comb through every single post and text. Now you absolutely can and it's, absolutely your, it's your right as a parent to go through everything your teenager looks at. It's absolutely your right to go through every message they send. It's, it's your right as a parent to safeguard them, to go through these things. Now, this will, it will use an algorithm. It will, it's a smart piece of technology that will kind of monitor all these different things. It will give you some ideas saying, hey, there's a few alerts for so-and-so. Check this out. And so uh, the last thing I'll talk about on Bark, and again, this is the one that I would highly recommend to every single parent in here that has children with, with, uh, with, with devices of any kind is Bark. But the last thing is screen time and web, web filtering. Now, we can do screen time things for free through the iPhone. This is another level of protection. And so families can manage when their kids can access the Internet on their devices as well as which, which websites they're able to visit. You can set bedtimes and block access to a wide variety of websites, including streaming, gaming, and adult content, and more. And so it will literally have a whole huge block of things. They'll never be able to even log on to an inappropriate website. It will block it before you have any chance of seeing anything. And so uh, that's one thing. The last thing is, of course, like I said, it's easy and always monitoring. It, was, it will always monitor what your child is doing. And, you know, speaking as a former teenager with technology, parents don't know what their, student, what their child's doing at all times. So we talked about some basic rules for phone usage. We talked about basic rules for tablet and all these things. Let me just encourage every parent. And again, this is not found in the book of James or anything like that. But your, your child and your teenager should not have their phone in their room by themselves. That is for their safety. That is for absolutely their safety because, again, you may, be, you, you may feel like you can trust them, but all it takes is one moment, one temptation, one thing. And they can see things that are inappropriate that will affect them forever. And so, uh, so they should never do that. So again, if you have the PDF that I put through the, the QR code, you can click on that link in regards to getting more answers about Bark. But again, $14 a month is not a lot of money to protect your family. And it's unlimited devices. So if you have 15 kids, you can have all this apps on every one of their devices, okay? So really important. And so next thing let's talk about is phone and location tracking. And so Life360, once your, once your teenager starts driving and they're on their own, give them a little more freedom. Life360 is an app that you will download to your phone, your spouse's and children's phones. It tracks their movements, especially helpful when teens begin the driving age. I put the price down here of $9.99 a month, or you can pay $100 annually. Uh, so again, this helps you right here in regards to when, you, when your teenager starts driving, they start having some time where they can go out by themselves with the youth group after church and all these things. You know, it will help track them and know that where they are at. It will send you a notification as a parent saying, so-and-so has arrived at this place, so-and-so is over here, whatever it might be. There's also a crash detection thing, so if your child does get into an accident, it will detect that. It will, it will alert you to their location and what happened. Uh, so if you do have teenagers that are driving, I would highly recommend Life360. 
Amen. I would highly recommend that. The next thing, now this right here is not going to be a popular choice for all of our teenagers at all. This next part, and actually this whole lesson is probably not your favorite thing. Teenagers, I still love you guys. I still love you teenagers. I really do. But the next thing is Gab wireless phone. If you have a child, a teenager who is ready for a cell phone, I would highly recommend buying this phone called Gab Wireless Phone. So it has the look of a smartphone. It's based upon an Android-based software, but it's a controlled device from the factory. It's $99, so the phone costs $100 for the phone itself, and it's $20 a month for the actual data behind it. And so one thing, it looks like a smartphone, but let's be clear. This phone is one of the dumbest phones you can find. If you want your child to have access to a phone where they can text and call you, this is the absolute phone for you. So I pulled some statistics off their website. Uh, one of the biggest problems when you have a smartphone is screen time. Everyone say screen time. Excessive screen time can cause setbacks in children's health, social, and emotional development. You keep on going. It says four-plus hours are spent on the phone from ages 8 to 11. Seven-plus hours are spent on the phone from ages 12 to 18. Uh, Two times more likely to be diagnosed with depression for teens who spend seven-plus hours on their devices. And 71% of teens are more at risk of suicide when spending five-plus hours a day on a device. And so screen time is a very important thing for parents to monitor for your teenager and for your child. The second problem is social media. Social media is the most common place where kids are exposed to, keep in mind, it says most common place, most common place where kids are exposed to mature content, interaction, bad language, extreme ideas, and even become victims of perpetrators and cyber bullies and sex crimes. 54% of teens say parents would be shocked to see their social media. 54%, 43% feel pressure to post content that makes them look good to others. Social media is not meant for teenagers. It's not really meant for adults either. So you go to the next slide, and here we go. Because Gab phones have an innovative spam filter for texting, there's no internet browser, there's no social media apps, and there's no app store and no games. This phone will be a thing that you can text and you can call on. And the parents should say, praise God for that. Because I can assure you right now, you can lock down a lot of these phones, but kid, teenagers, they're just getting smarter and smarter and smarter. However, if there's not an app store, they can't get a game for it, right? They can't download an app. They can't get social media. And so uh, this thing's really important. So there's no internet, no social media. There's no games. It does have unlimited text and talking. It does have GPS uh, tracking as well. And so let's be clear. We all understand that it is better for us to have in-person conversations, in-person relationships that are more meaningful and more beneficial. And so I would say if you are a parent who has a teenager uh, who, who, you know, who's ready for a cell phone, I would not buy him a new iPhone. I really wouldn't. And I really wouldn't buy him a brand new Android, Samsung Galaxy J2, or whatever those things are called. I just wouldn't do it. There is no need to have that much content, that much power in your hands. And honestly, adults even struggle with these things, if we're going to be really honest with you. And so uh, let's be clear. Let's set up our children for success. Let's set our kids up for their future and help them right now. They may not feel like it's helping. They may not feel like it's the greatest thing in the world, but I can assure you right now, by setting up these these boundaries, these safeguards, it is helping them in their future considerably. And so it's important for us to do that. And so my last slide that I'm going to talk about tonight is simply this. It matters how we do technology. 
It does matter how we do this. And we've spent the last three weeks, and it's not because we think that, you know, this is the most whatever. But let me just be clear. Technology is not leaving us. Media is not leaving us. Social media is not leaving us. And so it matters how we interact with it on a day-to-day basis. It's important for us to absolutely set limits for ourselves as adults for our screen time. It is absolutely important for us to set up these these healthy boundaries and say, you know what, I'm going to only give 10 minutes a day to Facebook I'm only going to get 15 minutes. Whatever you, whatever you choose is a healthy boundary. I can assure you an hour is not a healthy boundary for that. There's nothing on social media that's good enough for you to waste an hour of your day on that. And so I would encourage you on that. But let's be clear. It does matter how we do technology. I do know for a fact that there have been men and women, people who are younger and older than me, who have possibly lost the call of God in their life, so to speak, because they got caught up in the wrong things at the wrong time on their own phone. I believe there have been marriages, there have been families torn apart by technology, by the media, by consumption of social media. There have been things that have happened through these things, and so it does matter. It does matter that we have a walk with God. It matters that we have a relationship with God, and we we say, you know what, God, we're going to put you first and foremost. We know technology is here, but we are going to put you first and foremost. My My last comment in regards to this series is simply this. Always assume and just always assume, this sounds bad, just assume the worst and protect the most. I understand I've been, a, I've, I've been in youth ministry for 13 years. I have seen a lot of teenagers come and go. I've had a lot of conversations with teenagers in my life. The worst thing you can do as a parent is give them un, unrestricted access. Give them so much freedom and say, oh, they're, they're old enough, they're mature enough to do it. They're not. I've had conversations of young people across the table at a restaurant where, they, where they're telling me all these things about you know, what, they're, what they're caught up into and they're on their phone and all that stuff. And let me just tell you, parents, your, your, your children need this. Your children, your teenagers absolutely need this because there is a call of God in their life. There is a call of God for them to go into all this world and preach this gospel. There's a call of God in their life, but if they can't get past their phone, if they can't get past the content they consume, let me assure you right now, the call of God's not going to happen in their life. And so as parents, let's do our due diligence. As parents, let's say, you know what? I'm going to take this matter in my hands. They're not going to be happy about it, but I can tell you right now that their, their heaven, their, their spiritual life is going to be the, the thing that they're going to care about. When they're going to heaven, they they make it to heaven because, you know what, they have some filters on their phone. They can't do this, and they can't, they can't text their friend past 9 o'clock. It's okay. Their soul is worth more than just a few texts, a few Facebook accounts or Instagram accounts. Their soul is worth more than that. Amen. Let's all stand across here today. I'm going to ask Pastor Cox to close out this service today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed this message. Remember, if you would like to find out more information about our church or to contact us, please go online at connectpointupc.com. And also don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app so you will be automatically notified of new episodes. Thank you and we hope you have a great week. Music